Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Thanks for joining us today. First off, before we dive into today's topic, and I've got a very special guest with me, I wanted to just mention that we would love to hear what you think about the podcast. We know you're listening, and we would we would love it if you went to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you listen to the podcast, and just give us a review, and be, be thoughtful about the review. It doesn't have to be five stars, but we'd appreciate it if it was. So with that, Lacey Halpern is our guest. We were just kind of joking with each other before we started recording. This is Lacey's 14th episode yeah. on the HR for Small Business podcast. So congratulations, Lacey. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. It's fun. So today we're going to, you actually brought this topic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I think employers are thinking about as they are fighting for talent mm-hmm. and as they're having to create a bunch of different ways to create new benefits. We thought EAP, Employee yeah. Assistance Program, give us, a, give, give the listener a sense for what an EAP program is. Yeah. So EAP, for those that um, haven't ever heard of it, Employee Assistance Program, it's an employer-sponsored benefit program. So that just means that the employer pays for it. And it's a resource for employees. And we can talk today about all the different types of things that an EAP can offer. Yeah, we should probably um, touch on that. But I just, I just think, you know, this time of year, um, as we get closer to the holidays and you hear all the time about the, the strain that mental illness is putting on communities and the impact that can have on employers. I just think that this is a really great way that an employer can offer something that they can't themselves provide to their people. And, you know, it, it's just a really great benefit and it can have some, some cool opportunities that an employer can take advantage of as well. So, so give it kind of a broad overview as to be, uh, we know this is an employer sponsored program. Mm-hmm. There's an, there's a cost associated with it that there likely is. the employers pay. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that maybe in a little bit, but what, it, what, what is accessible? Sure. I guess what, what Lots. could employees use? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the thing that people most often think of when they hear employee assistance program is counseling. Sure. So, you know, an employee assistance program offers, uh, usually a few free sessions. Sometimes it's three per year. Sometimes it's six. Kind of depends on how the plan is set up by the employer. And what's really nice is if the employer has a health plan, this can go really nicely in conjunction with it. So you have a medical plan for your employees, and let's say um, that plan offers some type of mental health services, and there's maybe a copay. Well, what an employee assistance program can do is can get an employee in the door with a counselor, face-to-face, one that's either near their work or near their home, and then after those first few sessions are used, and again, there's no cost to the employee for those first you know, three or six sessions, then it can transfer pretty easily over to the health insurance, and then the employee's just paying a copay for those services. And another thing that's nice is when you call, when an employee calls the employee assistance program, 
they're actually usually talking to a live counselor. So the the service that we offer uh, our employer group here at Zenium is Cascade Centers. And if an employee were to call Cascade Centers, they would actually speak to a live counselor, someone who's either got a master's degree, right, who's who's gone to school for this. Yep. And they're able to talk a little bit about what it is that they're dealing with, and they can be matched up with a, a counselor that specializes in that area. Another thing that's really unique to it is that there are some types of counseling services that are not covered under a medical plan. For example, parenting or um, if you were to go to see a counselor for a relationship or marriage counseling, that's not covered under medical insurance plans typically. So typically it would cover if I'm going to see a counselor for some diagnosed mental health condition for myself or one of my dependents that's on the plan. I wouldn't be able to take a spouse with me to go and sit together and talk about something. With an employee assistance program, it's absolutely covered. So those first few sessions would be covered for that. Yeah, what I find interesting is that, yeah, you, you would obviously have a gap in your health insurance plan mm-hmm. for these sort of things. But then when you think about like, okay, well, I do need, I need help with a, a problem I'm going through. Maybe there's death in the family that I'm taking right. really hard or something where I would normally have to go like see a psychiatrist or something and... Mm-hmm. I don't even want to know what their billable rates are. I mean, it's probably insane. Mm -hmm. But through a program like this, it sort of scales. Is that kind of what I understand is through the the, the costs associated with it that the employer's paying? Yes. It's sort of like almost the same way as like a catastrophic insurance plan would be. It's like not everybody's going to use it likely. Exactly. So that's how they get the lower fees. Mm -hmm. So that way, like when those issues do come up, people can use it. Absolutely. they're, these are qualified people. They are. They're really quality um, individuals that are, you know, working for these organizations. There's lots of different EAP um, providers out there. One thing that I'll mention too is, you know, I sometimes hear from employees that they're nervous to call. I'm afraid my manager's going to know that I've called. These are confidential resources. So when I go out and talk to employees about the benefit plan, and typically a good time to remind employees of this is to do it when you do your open enrollment for health insurance or maybe quarterly at team meetings, just making sure to remind employees of the benefit because sort of out of sight, out of mind, you know, if you don't need it, you're not thinking about it. But when something, like you said, catastrophic happens or you're dealing with maybe an anxiety issue that's acute and not something that you've been dealing with your whole life, but something traumatic happens maybe and it brings it up, you can call and you know that the counselor is not going to relate any information back to the employer. The employer will sometimes find out the usage, right? So maybe how many employees have called and utilized. So they can determine, is the benefit worth the cost? And again, these costs are nominal. They're very, very low for an employer to take advantage of Maybe give people a sense for the range. And I'm sure it varies by EAP provider. I think so. What's your experience? Yeah, my experience has been it's a few dollars a month per employee. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a group of 50 employees and you're paying, let's say, 2 or $3 a month, I mean, we're talking 100 to $150 a month, a benefit that's available. And it's a resource for the employer, like I said, too. So we should probably talk about that, how an employer might access this. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I do want to keep touching on what sort of things are available because I know it's not all negative stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not all like counseling and it's not things to help with the mental state, but it's mm-hmm. really like getting people through milestones in their life. Yes. My understanding is like I went through a home buying process about five, six years ago for the first time and they have resources available. They do. Yeah. They it depends on the provider, but yeah, there, there are lots of different resources. So again, counseling is one that is usually top of mind, yeah. but there are often uh, financial resources um, resources for employees who are struggling to find affordable housing. 
especially right now, people are talking about the rental market here in, in the Portland area. So if you're an employer that's here locally and you've got employees that are, you know, maybe struggling financially to find affordable housing, there's resources here, domestic violence resources for employees and, and co- connecting employees with resources in the community to help them be successful. Legal resources is another thing that I like to mention to employees. Depends on how the plan is set up, but I've often seen it where an employee might get a couple phone calls to an attorney, uh, maybe for 30 minutes, um, to sort of get a sense of maybe their situation and where to go. And, you know, that, that's saving your employee sometimes between three and $500 for that phone call. So, you know, you're not, you know, we talk about how do we set ourselves up to be an employer of choice? And, you know, you might roll this out to employees and you might not get a standing ovation from your people, right? Let's just be honest. But for those employees that do access it, they remember it and, and they may talk about it to the community, to the people that they know that I got to go talk to a counselor three times and it really made a difference in my ability to be effective at work. That's another thing. So they can call and sometimes it doesn't even require going in to talk to someone. So it might be the phone call with the attorney, with an attorney. It might actually be a phone call to one of the counselors in the EAP program. So they have offices. Um, each provider is different, like I said, but some of them have counselors that are available to do phone calls. Some of them have even gone so far as setting up online chatting for mm-hmm. people that have really busy, you know, work or life schedules and they can't make it out to see My understanding is that they'll, they'll meet you wherever mm-hmm. you are. So whether it's an in-person, whether right. you love that, instant messaging. I know a lot of us millennials, they, we love that. Right. Video, maybe video chat mm-hmm. too. I'm sure they're, yep. these EAP providers, they they adapt to who their, their participants are. They absolutely are. are. Yeah. And you, I think you can customize the plan so that it fits you. So if you know that your group of employees may not access a particular part of the benefit plan, then you may be able to talk with that provider to say, you know, we'd like to offer maybe six sessions of free counseling, and we don't think that this this piece of your plan works for us. So I would really have those conversations with the provider if you are setting it up. Now let's talk about what you had just mentioned a couple minutes ago, which was what would drive an employer to to choose a program like this, and then how do they get started in it? It's sometimes for employers, and sadly, we've seen cases where it's they bring it in because there's an there's an incident yep. at the workplace. Um, those things happen, and EAP can really help kind of mitigate those emotions that everybody's feeling, or walk right. people through the mm-hmm. those those stages of emotions. But in other cases, they're they're, they're being proactive about it. Maybe talk yes. about how. The spectrum of employers where yeah. they're using EAP. Yeah, let's talk about the the reactive way that you might use it as an employer. So like you said, maybe something traumatic happens in the workplace or I've had it where, uh, you know, a client had an employee that was pretty well known at, at the business pass away. And so they brought in an EAP counselor to just be available for a few hours so that employees could go and talk to this person if they wanted to and take advantage of that in a private room, you know, at the work site. So um, the other way that you might use it reactively is um, to use a management referral. So for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with that, you may have a high-performing employee that meets all the essential functions of their job, they perform their job very well, and maybe there's an incident that happens where an employee engages in, um, let's say, inappropriate behavior and has some type of outburst that's maybe generated because they're angry, they've got personal stuff going on, and 
you're faced with a decision, right? You have to manage the risk in your workplace, ensure it's safe for everybody. So does that mean we have to terminate an employee? Sometimes. I've seen it be really successful, though, where we know that this is not the employee's general nature. They've never had behavior like this before, and we know that giving them a final warning or terminating them isn't going to help them to be successful. We recognize that they need resources and tools that a manager or a supervisor isn't equipped to provide. And we often don't want our managers and supervisors talking about those really personal things that an employee might be going through. So by doing a management referral, what, what that looks like is for, you know, the costs vary depending on the provider and, and what you're accessing. But let's just say for a few hundred dollars, an employer can reach out to an EAP provider, explain to the employee that their continued employment is conditional on reaching out to the provider mm -hmm getting assessed, the provider will determine what the employee needs to be successful, and the provider will often talk to the manager about the incident, what happened, um, what's it like to work with this employee, what's their pattern been here at, at the work site, and then the employee is required to stay compliant with the recommendations. So if the provider that did the assessment says they need to go to counseling once a week for three months, that employee has to go to counseling once a week for three months. And all the employer is notified of is whether the employee is compliant or not. Not how many times they're going. We don't or actually what even they're talking get, about yep, we don't get what stuff. they're talking about. We don't actually even find out what the plan is, just whether or not they're staying compliant with the plan. And what I've seen is that the employee's able to address things that maybe even they didn't realize were going on for them. They can be successful and productive at work, and you've retained an employee. And we talk about how hard it is to find talent. For your high-performing employees, it's a great tool. You can also use it if you're an employer that does drug testing. So let's say you have a program where you do random drug testing or post-accident even. Um, you have a high-performing employee. They get called on the random, and let's say they test positive for something. And you know that this employee has been high-functioning. You had no signs that they came to work under the influence. Um, maybe they use a particular drug not before they come to work, so they're not, you know, actually impaired while they're working. You may decide, we want to do a management referral and a last-chance agreement. So that would entail the employee, again, agreeing that if they don't stay compliant, they don't have a job anymore, they may be subject to more frequent randoms than the rest of your group, and they have to go be assessed by a drug and alcohol counselor and see if there's treatment that that employee needs to undergo. It may be inpatient, where they have to go somewhere, and they may take a leave of absence, family medical leave to do that. Or maybe it's that they have to go to some meetings a couple times a week or see a counselor, but they'd have to stay compliant, and the employer would know whether they were or not. On the the proactive side of having a program like this, yeah. I can imagine where employers and just there's a, there's a long list of benefits that they offer mm -hmm. to try to be competitive and retain employees. The competition's offering so many creative benefits nowadays, yes. and I think like a program like this could could work, uh, and I know it works. But for the employers that sign up for a program like this and don't use it like mm -hmm. kind of don't they don't really educate their employees mm -hmm. i can imagine that'd be a problem what are what do you think are some ways where and it doesn't have to be this benefit necessarily it could be any benefit that employers are offering what are do you think are good ways to communicate and just keep people educated on how to use the program yeah what's available to them because if you want them to to be happy in their roles and you know solve all of 
life's problems that <laughs> that get thrown at you. What are yeah? We we just need to have employees take advantage. Yeah, of it. and and making sure that it's top of mind means talking about it. So. Like I said, I think in, in meetings, reminding employees of the benefit and what it is. I just recently had uh, one of the representatives from the EAP plan that one of my clients uses come out for 10 minutes at their, you know, weekly stand-up meeting that they do. And we talked about what the benefit was. And at the end of it, uh, one of the owners said, I'm so glad that we did this. I didn't even realize all the benefits that were available. So they, I know they signed up for this program for their people, you know, six, seven yeah. years ago, and you just lose sight of it. So talking about it, making sure somebody is educated about it that goes over it in new hire orientations, advertising it in your job postings even if you talk about benefits. If you have a total rewards benefit summary, mm, mentioning yeah. it in that I think is a great way. And some EAP programs will do brown bag lunches. So maybe the EAP program or the provider that you have offers that. So maybe they're going to do one on financial awareness or taxes during first quarter. So they might have somebody that could come out for an hour and employees can voluntarily decide to have their lunch at that time and sit down and hear about it. And so then I'm thinking, wow, this is a great thing. The the company just paid to have this person who's super educated about this topic come in and talk to me. I didn't have to leave work. I didn't have to, you know, spend my gas driving somewhere and calendar it out with when I have kids and all this other stuff going on. So that's one way to keep it. Plus you're you know, you're educating your employees. And when, when employees are educated, they make better choices. So when they're happy and productive outside of work, generally we see that productivity in the workplace is also at a high. So. Awesome. Well, this has been a pretty enlightening subject. Um, EAP yeah. is not something I've, it's top of mind for me even, and we have this benefit, but you've kind of shed some light on that. So any, any parting thoughts for employers, HR managers that are listening that just what to pay attention to, where to, where to go to seek more resources. You know, we have some information on our Zenium website about EAP. So I'd, I'd go there and I would talk to um, your broker. So your benefits broker should be able to connect you with an EAP program in your area and just, you know, talk to your people and, and your employees. I think they've got a see lot of good want, resources yeah. um, and information, you know, about what they'd like to see. So talk to them and, and get a sense from them if they would benefit. Again, it's a nominal fee and a great way to retain and support your employees just in their general well-being. Awesome. Lacey Halpern, thanks for joining the podcast. Happy Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.